New York City loves Dolly Parton. This is TFG Unbutton. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash, an off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Hello, everybody. Tim Bennett here, as always, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. John T. Nash. We are TFG Unbuttoned here every Tuesday. Be sure to also catch our show, The Focus Group, with Tim and John on Wednesdays. You can find all of our media housed at focusgroupradio.com and thanks to our friends at Critics Choice Video for bringing us to you each week. They are America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987 and we'll talk about them a little later in the show. Hello Mr. Nash. Another week we're riding into Thanksgiving which we want to say happy Thanksgiving to all our listeners. It's coming up fast and furious and then of course there's Black Friday (laughs) and then there's Christmas and then New Year's and then blah January. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking about this. I, I, I was hoping that, um, you know, I, I, I would like to have snow now. Mm, yeah, for Christmas. And then it ends December 26th, and I'm ready for spring. Yeah, <laughs> well, you and many other people. You know, it's funny, on the weekend, uh, we were up at the house, and uh, it was beautiful day, like crisp blue Saturday was, and but it was cold. It mm, maybe 30, maybe 32, 34 degrees, but then, and then there was a wind chill. But, you know, our neighbors were out doing stuff. I did a little bit of yard work if you bundle up right. But then Sunday uh, came around and uh, the sun was coming up. But then it got this very unusual coloring in the sky as these clouds moved in. In fact, it reminded me of being out in Colorado before it snows. I mean, I, I instantly looked. I'm like, wow. This, and sure enough, we had these this snow squall come through. I think it lasted like all of six minutes. And then, boom, it all blew away and the sun came out. And it was, you know, I thought, well, okay, if that's winter... <laughs> done <laughs> so you're too far east you didn't get all that residual from buffalo no. right what do we, did they end up with seven feet of snow or something i saw at one point someone said 60 inches in certain places okay, so i'd so have to it's do only six feet yeah, yeah that that is a, a huge amount of or snow. five feet yeah i um i yeah it's too much too much snow because it, I, i'd be more concerned if i had a roof because all that heavy wet that's what they talked about room. on the news a lot like everybody was trying to get up to roofs they knew were not at the right pitch to start trying to get the weight of the snow off yeah when i lived in chicago we used to have this lake effect snow and people used to think i was crazy i lived right near the lake and my office was out in in schaumburg addison area i know schaumburg very well yeah (laughs) you know 15 20 miles out of the city and it'd be beautiful and sunny out there but we'd have eight or ten inches of snow Mm -hmm. in the city and and i'd be like oh you know i'm digging my car what are you digging your car out you know (laughs) <laughs> but, well, yeah. you know, that with Chicago in particular, we, you and I were there years ago for an IGLTA conference. We were doing a broadcast from probably when we were on Sirius and we did a boat tour. Remember we did the, like the, the rivers of Chicago. Yeah. The architectural tour, yeah. boat tour. And then they take you out onto the lake. And the minute you leave the jetty, like as you start leaving the city proper and you're going on the lake, the temperature just went right down. Yeah. And we had to have, we, we, we were in short sleeves and they're like, oh, where's your windbreaker? Where's your jacket? We're like, what are you talking about? We're taking a boat cruise. It's sunny out. <laughs> so that lake, I think that lake can create a lot of weather, right? Well, they, you know, the, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. There you go. Although you that go. was superior maybe, but they're all, all those lakes are like oceans. If, mm-hmm. if you've never seen any of the great lakes, I've seen them all, I think, other than Erie. Oh no, maybe I did see Erie. I don't know, but those lakes are. You like don't even ocean. see the other side. It does look yeah. like the ocean. Yeah. yeah. 
And then, of course, over the weekend, we had, I don't say of course, I should take that back, but another news item from from Colorado Springs, the, uh, the horrific events at an LGBTQ nightclub out there. Five dead, many wounded. And the the stuff that I saw trending after that was, you know, two two good citizens, two two gay guys took down the shooter. And, and if you compare, and of course, everybody was like, if you compare that to the horrible massacre at Uvalde, there was 300 police officers there and nobody did a thing. So, but here's the thing about the Colorado Springs thing that I'm I'm noting. It gets mentioned, it gets talked about, it's the same old language we always hear, and then they're on to the next thing that they're outraged about. That yeah, should the, be the that, Republicans offer their thoughts and prayers, and we I, and to... Lauren Boebert, who who yeah. has used the gay community and the uh, the trans community as a springboard of hate, she sends her thoughts and prayers. Of course, she got clapped back, but um, yeah, where's the so so instead? It, it, I mean, literally, I was watching the news. It went from that to Hunter Biden's laptop. Mm-hmm. I don't give a crap about Hunter Biden's laptop. Is a laptop he left at a computer repair store shows you how much he cared about it, and the data on it couldn't have been that important. Hunter Biden does not work for the government. He was not elected by the people. He right. is, yeah. So here we have a shooting at a nightclub in Colorado against our fellow citizens, you know, and the outrage is eh, maybe a one or two on the dial, depending on who you are. But Hunter Biden's laptop, you know, that's eleven and. I don't, um, I just sat there and I thought to myself, I wonder when, I just, I just wonder when the tipping point is going to be for the rage. You know, with HIV and AIDS, the gay community eventually went into high battle mode with uh, ACT UP and demonstrations to get uh, fast tracking on medications and to get the government to actually just pay attention to what was going on, right? And I'm wondering, uh, when does that happen here? Like, when when do parents and and fathers and mothers and people who have gay, lesbian, you know, transgender people in their lives that they love and they care about or part of their families, when do they finally just stand up and say enough is enough, right? I mean, (laughs) I don't know if that's going to happen, but... And that, that might not solve a thing. Oh, I'm I'm being too kumbaya. <laughs> and no, the eve of you, Thanksgiving, it's no, but kum- when you said when you said, of course, that was fine to say, of course, because we've had I forget the number, but over 600 what they consider mass shootings, which are more yep. than three dead since the start of the year, and we do nothing about it. There, there should be people in the streets protesting because I think it's something like 80 or 90 percent of the population want some form of gun control. Most people agree that you do not need a military-style weapon to go deer hunting or to go um, you know, hunting. And if you want to shoot a gun like that, you go to the ranges and you, you get them and you, you shoot them. But no, we seem to just be numb to the fact, oh, it was only five. Oh, okay. Yeah, dodged a bullet there. And the guy was using a long rifle. Now, if you know anything about long rifles, it's like, how did he even walk into the club with that? I, I just... Well, they're now saying, I, I saw in the, in the news here, um, they were interviewing some people in Philadelphia, and they were talking about how they've already instituted at a number of the bars in Philly, I don't know if they've done it in New York, of doing wands and checking people. And, I think they are. I should check you know, around backpacks, some friends. Yeah. But that, that's bothersome, too, because if you're out, particularly cities where you walk a lot, if you've got your bag with you because you might change into a different outfit because mm-hmm. you're going Go out later whatever, or you're yeah. going shopping or you got right. And so now all of a sudden you can't bring bags in. If it's just, um, it's horrible. And, uh, yeah, when I saw the, uh, I saw the news about it and, and then I, I thought, here we go again. And it, anyway, 
we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're gun happy and, and it seems like that's never going to change. Uh, it may, I don't know when it may, but, um, I can remember growing up in a very different culture. Um, not having the fear of going into a public place, for example, right? I mean, school. Yeah, and school. And I love when the Republicans, like, well, you know, the solution for that problem is we should have mm. one door only <laughs> and arm all the teachers and arm all the, like, okay. And the fact that people swallowed that hook, line, and sinker and it didn't push back violently, as in electing these people, like uh, casting a vote to get them out of office. Tells me a lot. I um, Listen, we had teachers that couldn't operate the film strip projector. Do you think they're going to take a loaded gun <laughs> out of their desk? How about shoot, the teachers that didn't at... know how to operate the overhead projector? Remember that thing? Exactly. That, but, right. So now I'm going to put a now I'm going to put a 45 in their desk, loaded with six bullets in case a shooter comes in and have them handle. It. I mean, it's absurd. In case of emergency, break glass. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, so we have three stories for you today, as we always do with our our. Uh, our outline here of TFG unbuttoned. The first one is uh, a story John had found. Marriage date removed from gay couple's tombstone at Christian Cemetery. So this comes from the LGBTQ Nation. This is about a couple uh, in Dayton, Ohio, and um, it's a married, legally married couple, gay couple. And the one partner had died suddenly of a heart attack. And his partner had decided that um, in terms of burial, they were going to put him at a a Catholic cemetery. The guy was raised Catholic, so he purchased a plot at the Catholic Calvary Cemetery, and uh, they were limited to I think it was thirty characters on the tombstone. Yes, so they correct. had both of their names and the dates, and then they just he had put married uh, twenty three July twenty sixteen. Uh, goes back sometime this last October just to go you know pay respects at the at the grave, and sees that married. 23 July 2016 had been removed and dug out of the of the tombstone and then he does a little investigation and finds out in fact that the cemetery did take it upon themselves to I guess remove the date right well the 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 weird part is um he asked point blank when he was buying the plot and having the uh the sem- the tombstone figured out is this going to be a problem that we're a gay couple and buying a plot here? He said that he was told that it wasn't a problem so he bought an engraved memorial boulder to honor Nito his partner uh, his husband, um, the boulder, the, the tomb, it's a boulder actually, and they have one face that's smooth and they put the type on there. Um, it was installed as expected. It said everything it was supposed to say. He came back later to visit the plot and it was gone. And when he went to check on it and they put it back, <laughs> they had just chipped away the married thing, <laughs> which just, you just, <sighs> he hired a lawyer they went back and forth, and uh, the cemetery is uh, in consideration of the family. We will communicate directly with them and release a statement at the appropriate time. But he released a statement saying, I have met with the leadership team. They have offered a full and unconditional apology for their mistake and expressed a sincere interest in making amends and in restoring the memorial boulder to its original state or an acceptable equivalent. And the cemetery, Calvary Cemetery, said that they appreciated Fry's statement because it was accurate, and, and it was it was accurate. So... But, you know, nowhere in here did they actually get down to the level of who decided one day walking through the yeah. cemetery that I don't like this. You know, here we go again, right? Some religious bigot. And as we've always said, we say it all the time, that it's still okay to dis- openly discriminate against LGBTQ people. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine if somebody said, you know what, I'm against the military. 
and there was something about military honors on there, and you, you served with that. served with honor, served with honor. Yeah. or or you do, or you don't like the Masons because they don't allow women to join. You decide you're going to hack that off uh, of the tombstone. I don't, you know, these religious bigots, and that's what they are, um, religious bigots that seem to think that they're going to take the law into their own hands. Um, I was with you as you read this. I thought mm, the cemetery can apologize. They're apologizing because they got caught, but somebody yes. in leadership had to remove the tombstone and, and they said they dug out yeah. the, uh, you know, the, uh, the married date. So they chipped it out. They literally yeah. chipped like it didn't exist. And this, this goes beyond, um, to me, it's like my outrage is how dare you decide. And then another person completely right. Walking yeah. down a path. Oh, I don't like the fact that it's two men that are married. You, how dare you take your, your moral outrage or whatever you felt mm-hmm. At an institution where somebody paid for that plot, they, that's where their loved one is buried. And then you decide you're going to, yeah, it, it just, mm, It's yeah. like you say, the energy to do something like that, right? Oh, my just God. Just the energy yeah. that it takes for you to be so outraged. And we always find out that these people always end up being the, the biggest uh, hypocrites, right? When, yeah, totally. You know, my wide stance in the bathroom getting a blowjob from the... Uh, <laughs> Christian senator from Idaho. Oh my name? God! Yeah, I'm well, not gay. Larry Craig. Larry Craig. I've never right. been gay. Yeah. All wound up, wound up, wound up. Meanwhile, he's getting a hand job and a blow job in the Minneapolis airport, and you know, denying it. Mm-hmm. Sad. So, what? I wonder what ever happened to him. What do you actually care? I do. <laughs> I do. I wonder. He's he's probably head of the uh, you know the local AFA. Uh, chapter and uh you know uh, why because the other thing about religion that always fascinates me is because of the way it's all constructed you can confess the sin oh yeah and be absolved and you're you're now back in the bosom like well okay i did you confess that, but... the sin john but you've got to pay you gotta give you a little bit of money <laughs> a little indulgence there little yeah <laughs> our, our second story uh this had popped up in uh in travel magazine the headline is virgin atlantic introduces gender neutral uniform policy and pronoun badges. So I understood the pronoun badges. A lot of people are using these now. I've seen them in different different stores where people will have their name, mm-hmm. and then it Same has here. she, her, yeah. or they, them. But I was surprised to show this. Uh, the, the outfits for uh, British uh, Virgin Atlantic are, are done by um, Vivian Westwood, which is kind of a high-end uh, designer. And they've decided that they were going to allow the crew to wear the clothing that they feel best represents them. So regardless of their gender or gender ID or expression, the uh, uniform policy now will allow them to dress as they feel comfortable as to who they are to bring their full selves to work. Makeup uh, guidelines have also been been eased up a little bit as well as uh, if you have visible tattoos, you just have to cover those up. You don't anymore. But I just, the uniforms, both the male and the female uniforms, traditional uniforms that the, the flight crew wore, they have a picture of it, are, are quite nice i think um, i think they're actually very tasteful i've I've seen the virgin uniforms in action and i've always thought like that's a good looking crew uniform right but i was wondering aside from you know here's here's me being the old grumpy man right i I thought okay i could see there's a number of flights i used to go on where um some of the head flight attendants if they were female um might wear pants instead of slacks or something something, and a lot of times you're bending over you're Mm, lifting more comfortable right right but i thought okay now is you know one of the flight attendants it's a male one day he's going to decide to wear one of the dresses i don't know i, well, I wonder uh, how that would be how that would be um so they that that that's actually true and the variety of uniform is this um it's either it, it looks like it's either a blazer 
and a, and a vest and slacks with a red tie for guys. Uh, the base is always a white shirt or a white blouse for men and women. Uh, or you could have, if, uh, some women could wear like a red jacket over the, red, the white blouse and a skirt and then re- matching heels. Or they could wear slacks with a red jacket. So in the picture that they show in the article on the lineup, on the far right, there is a, a woman who's wearing like the traditional guys thing, right. but it's clearly a woman and she looks fine. And I'm, I believe I read somewhere that there are a couple of, um, that in this this promo photo, there may have been one or two trans individuals that were uh, dressed in the, their, their uniform of choice. But yeah, oh, I, I had, yeah, I couldn't tell. And then yeah. that's fine. And I had zero problem with this and not every, they don't, you can choose a badge that says she or her, or they or them. You don't have to, you could just have your name on the badge, but they give you the option of putting whatever identifying marks you want. And I think that's cool, but there's no firm rule. Like you have to have here, you know, <laughs> You just do what you want. Well, I thought, you know, being British, uh, they're used to seeing men in kilts anyway. I thought, yeah. you know, they could have just done a plaid skirt, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And everyone would have, been, and wouldn't have had to say a thing, and everybody would have been, oh, we must be Scottish. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, then they also went further on in this article, and they talked about how, particularly in the U.S. now, there's um, some states which uh, allow you to select for gender an X mm-hmm. on passports. Uh, there's a number of countries that are doing that as well. They mentioned Australia, New Zealand. Nepal, which surprised me, and Canada, and uh, and also the TSA has a uh, another gender option as well for uh, for pre-check. I wondered about that as well because as strict as the TSA is on some things, to me that I don't know. I, I thought that one might be a little tough for them to manage. Do you know knowing who's at the TSA uh, counter? Yeah, well, that's a whole other. <laughs> you no, know, they used thing. to be right. You know, they used to be upset as who's the father. And if there are two men there, we uh-huh. both are. And then uh-huh. you, know, you, miss your, you miss your flight because. Yeah. Or the mother's bringing breast milk on board in a bottle. Right. Like, uh-oh, I've got trouble here. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, well, there you go. So, and then this last story John had found, which. Um, it's a shorty. <laughs> well, it's a shorty. But so Dolly Parton's got a new, uh, her greatest hits collection coming out called Diamonds and Rhinestones. And Dolly Parton it does have an affection for New York. She often talks about she lived there for quite a while. And um, and she loves New York City. Well, the MTA, which is the um, the metro or the subway uh, system, Metropolitan a, Transportation Authority. Authority. I should know that since I have to pay tax to them. We'll be <laughs> distributing fifty thousand metro cards dedicated to the country music legend. So I had two questions for you, John. Mm-hmm. First of all, is there are you going to get one of these Dolly cards? And is this just simply? Did her record company, because when you look at the card, it says Dolly Diamonds and Rhinestones, and then it says the Greatest Hits Collection available November. 18th. 18th is this this was paid advertising don't you yes think? yes most certainly you could do okay. you could do a media buy and i'm sure the mta was thrilled to have uh her on the back of the card uh you can only get the card at certain stations 34th street penn station tim and i know it well and 34th herald square another place we know well and grand central and the major intersection at uh the Times square station at 42nd street I pass through one or two of those. I may uh, try to get the card. The machine probably uh, gives it to you. I still use a Metro card. You could just tap your credit card or your phone to the uh, the turnstile, and, and it pays automatically. Oh, is that new? Yeah, but I, I prefer the Metro card because I just, you know, I don't want all those. If you've ever tapped your card repeatedly, a credit card to pay for a subway trip, you get your statement, and all you see line after line, MTA, 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 like $2.75. You know, it's a lot of that. And I'm like, eh, just put on a Metro card. But I thought this was kind of fun and cute. And I, I like when 
This reminds me of a successful or thoughtful or funny out-of-home advertising campaign, right. right? There's nothing more out-of-home than a Metro card, and it's in your wallet. And, you know, mine is just a boring Metro card. On the back of it has some, you know, some boring statistics or something. So I think it would be fun to get the Dolly, the Diamonds and Rhinestones. And I'm sure some of her fans are going to go specifically to one of the booths to get a Dolly uh, Metro card, right? I'm curious as to what it costs to do the... Uh... That would be the, a great question. I, I would love to know because this probably falls under the same people that sell the subway advertising, yep. you know, on the billboards and the trains themselves. When they do the takeover of the station with mm-hmm. all the. It's a know, hard sell, by range. the way. And uh, pandemic did not make this any easier with ridership fluctuating. And sometimes you, I used to know for a fact when I did MTA buys here in the city that if you bought something that went up in the subway, you had a really good chance of that thing being up for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> because they didn't want to take it down unless they put something else up. And it was always a, a crapshoot on who they could sell to get to the. It's, it's funny you said that because there's actually a story that I was going to do one time, but I thought it was just too inside baseball because it was it was exactly what you said, that someone had located this old um, advertisement from 12 years ago that's still up in the subway and they were talking about it. And uh, I thought it was a funny thing, as you said. So somebody must have. Talk about your money's money. worth, huh? Yeah. So, hey, as uh, as we mentioned at the start, Critics' Choice Video has been with us since we've started here on TFGN Button. You can get there by going to focusgroupradio.com and clicking on the Critics' Choice Video logo. It's America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. And now, as John mentions, we get into uh, Black Friday at the end of the week here, but uh, also into our holiday shopping time and gift-giving time. You can find all sorts of items there. Um, not just movies from you know TV shows or, or classic movies, but also there's books, there's toys, there's gifts, there's music, there's a there's a number of things plus new releases. Oh, it's fantastic! And uh, and this there's a, a a special running now. It expires on the thirtieth, uh, but you can get twenty take an extra twenty five percent off on orders of twenty five or more, and you enter the coupon code Turkey gobble gobble and actually gobble would have been a funny one as a code but the code name is turkey and and that gets you a little some extra stuff on their great prices to begin with a couple things i noticed on the homepage i I zeroed in on saturday night fever 45th anniversary edition oh my god i just saw a part of that movie on i haven't seen that i haven't seen that forever it was it was from this print probably because it looks super crisp and the color was great how does it hold up or how did it hold up Oh, it holds up quite well. It's still a little cringeworthy in some places, but um, yeah, it holds up. It's it's a it's a snapshot of a time in America, right? Yeah. Or here's another one: the best little whorehouse in Texas, Burt Reynolds and Dolly Parton. That movie you should just yes. buy up for the scene when they come off the field and there's this <laughs> locker room dance scene where the football team's going to go out to the chicken house. I mean, you watch it and you're like. They're not football players, they're dancers, but they have good bodies. But <laughs> Soundtrack. And I'll tell you this, um, Turner Classic Movies has a podcast called The Plot Thickens, and um, I tuned into it when they did um, Bonfire of the Vanities. They talked about the making of that movie with um, Tom Hanks and Melanie Griffith. I think Brian De Palma directed it. It was a really good behind-the-scenes look at making that book, which for many people, if you remember back when Bonfire of the Vanities came out, it, everybody had it with them, that huge right. hardback yeah, huge hardback book. Everybody read it. So the movie was greatly anticipated, and it didn't really do that well. And it, there's a lot of reasons why, and it's fascinating. And then they followed that up with a wonderful season about um, Lucy and Ricky. 
and uh, I Love Lucy and what and, and their relationship and how this all happened. They have a new season called uh, and the plot thing is about Pam Greer. And Bob and I were in the car going up to the house. And we 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 heard episode one, which is called The Black West. And right off the bat, at the start of the uh, podcast, Ben Mankiewicz from Turner Classic Movies comes on, and he is doing a Critics' Choice thing. And Bob and I look at each other, and Bob's like, "It's Critics' Choice." <laughs> and I just thought, what a perfect lineup because it's movies, right? Right. So we're listening, we're listening, and um, he says what well, we say. And I said to Bob, I said, you know, I, I wonder who's doing it better. You know, it's Ben Mankiewicz. He's he's quite well at uh, speaking this. So here, I, I caught some of his read here. I'll play. I'll play two little sections that we heard on the uh, the plot thickens. Now you can have an entire video store in your mailbox and you can have it every month with Critics' Choice Video, ccvideo.com, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. He adds those great little pauses in. So I, you know, again, folks, you know, Critics' Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. I'm going to call that the Mankiewicz pause. If you say since 1987. So yeah, I think, well, I think we do as good a job or better. Oh, we do just yeah, we're great. But I thought it was a wonderful alignment. And again, it's a great if if you love movies and you like the behind the scenes stuff, and Pam Greer is really fascinating. Um, you might get a kick out of the plot thickens, and you'll hear. Our was f- she a loose cannon? Because we've had her on the show a couple of times, and she was like a yard sale all over the place. How was she on the? How was she on this? She was good. Okay. And yeah, I'm just going to say that when you hear a couple, <laughs> well, when you hear a couple things that happened to her in her past. Mm-hmm you're going to wonder how she keeps it all together when she's talking because it's like, uh-huh, how horrible, right? Cool, cool. I'm going to share a story about her later, maybe on another podcast, maybe next week even, because um, I did meet her and um, it was wonderful. It was a lot of fun. So I want to remind folks again to visit Critics' Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987, the Ben Mankiewicz pause. And uh, you can get to Critics' Choice Video by going to focusgroupradio.com and clicking on their logo and it takes you right to their site. And while you're at uh, focusgroupradio.com, you'll learn about the Focus Group, which drops its video on Wednesdays. And you can subscribe to that podcast as well. And the audio comes out on Saturdays. We want everybody to have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Travel safe, and we'll see you in the new week. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.